Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Knock that fire down, 19. Copy, Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. God, he would be incredible. He we wouldn't should get do Jack that. Black on the show. He wouldn't do it either. All right, let's do this. Three, two, one. You don't say the one. Oh. Wait, Hi. are we kissing? <laughs> I thought we were all supposed to kiss. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm, jo- I'm Jonathan Goldberg. I wrote things. Uh, you wrote Sunshine? Uh, sure. Yeah. Sunshine, Rain, and that song. I'm Matt Berger. I'm the composer for uh, the first season of The Fall of the House of Sunshine. My name is Nathaniel Kent. I play Detective Dan Kent, as well as a few smaller roles. Try and guess who they are. Uh, we just want to say thank you for listening to season one, because if you're listening to this, you have either assuredly listened to all of season one and you like it, or some mistake has happened, and I'm very sorry. You should yeah, turn this if, off. If now. you're listening to this, someone told you about the podcast. It's the most recent recent episode. You got to go back to the beginning. Yeah, please, yeah. please yeah. go back to the beginning because we're going to give a lot, a lot of spoilers for season two here. Yeah, we thought we'd do a quick question roundup just if anybody had any cues after season one finished earlier this month, and um, and and some people wrote in. So uh, I think we can start. You mind asking the first question? Sure. Uh, Jeremy asks, when does season two happen? That's a very good question, Jeremy. We're going to start record. We're writing it right now. Yeah. And actually, um, we were halfway through recording season one when, when Jonathan told me he'd already written season two, like like in a week. Well, the first draft. The first draft. But uh, it's, So that's written. The music's being written right now, and we'll record it this fall of 2017 if you're in the future. And then it'll probably come out about the same time season one came out, like February of 2018. Oh, hoping that happens, yeah. <laughs> Uh, at Sam Burglar asks, will we learn more about the Warehams and Hampires? No. <laughs> I mean, yes. Maybe. We, um, we were going to, we were wanting to tell you that we're going to do, season two's coming out in February, but before that, we're, we're recording a bunch of, like, little silly fun things called, uh, Brushtown Stories. That's kind of like the ephemera of the show. It's just about following random sort of smaller characters here, hither and thither. And yon. And yon. So like an example would be like are there is it like we'll take this character and do a little story um, about Car- them? Carla or? Gumdonowitz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who uh if you've been listening to the 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 brush time bootlegs, she's one of the she's the most famous toothstronaut. She'll have a little story about her history. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we'll hear Dan Kent will be back doing a story. But we'll also hear... We, we do have something with Warehams and Hampires, right? Yeah, I think we, we're planning to do that. So we have a bunch of like little stories and some characters who haven't appeared but will appear tangentially. So 
it's just exploration of the world of the fall of the house of sunshine kind of going in weird directions and if you want to hear about a particular character also you can tweet, oh, yeah. tweet at us and maybe we'll we're make not, an episode about it we're not above we're not that. above <laughs> we're not above that yeah we will pander to you just give us an email so sam burglar you will learn more about warehams and vampires um maybe this august or september when brushdown stories starts dropping on the feed and we might learn more in season two Mm. at Samberger just tweeted at us. Oh, cool. Oh, that's so nice. Thanks, guys. Wow. I love doing these live podcast yeah. recordings. That's right. Joe asks, will you ever do the show live? Oh, much like we just uh, talked about doing. Just right now. <laughs> we were doing... just talking about that. Uh, no. Probably not. We might do sort of a like medley kind of review kind of show. Because first of all, there's like 20. Oh, is that Samberger calling me? That's fantastic. We should probably all put our phones on silent. Yeah, I learned that lesson. We might do a review someday. Oh, I like her. She's great. Yeah, that was Jocelyn calling in to ask if the Grand Cuspid would be in season, season two. two. <laughs> the the dead she's, Grand Cuspid. She's dead, so... Silence! Silence. That's what right? she's calling me yeah. to tell me to silence my phone. Um, so no, but we might silence. do... One of these days it would be fun to do like some of the songs live. But yeah, so we'll yeah. see. I a mean, little review. Also, yeah. we can't really get all the actors together. <laughs> be a lot we just have uh nate doing all the voices and yeah. then i have an acoustic guitar tour some fringes yeah i love it we'll It'd do the great. canadian fringe actually tour. very specifically we made this a podcast so we wouldn't ever have to do anything like that so <laughs> except may, may edinburgh friend we would do mm. oh that would be fun hit us up edinburgh and scotland or if you're a... is that where edinburgh is no oh, never mind no that's Ed... too too far that's yeah um, Zlock asks, did the fuzzing of the world negatively impact Danny's freshman year at Michigan State? Oh, Danny. Oh, Danny. Well, you see, the issue was Danny was working on the fuzzatronic bomb, as was most all the town by the end. Oh, he was still And home. as you know, there was... A, yeah, he had oh, that's right. Yet. It was his senior year. It was probably. his senior year, so, so it was before the summer. He'd been accepted. I mean, he wasn't really... You know, he, he was more kind of pushed into it by his parents, but... What happened was a lot of the workers working on the bomb were zapped to alternate dimensions, and unfortunately, uh, Danny was as well. Mm-hmm. However, he was zapped to a dimension where it would rain pasta from the sky, but he did fall in love with a, a meatball of some renown, and they raised several macaronis as their own. Zlock asks, if Dan Kent shot Brushy, then why was the Grand Bicuspid near the television station? Sidewalk sale. Sidewalk sale. Come on. on. Follow, follow, follow it. Zlock asks, did Flosso intend to prick Bracelet with the glistening dental pick of the pearly knight? If not, who in New Molar did he intend to use it on, or was it more meant as insurance, comma, backup, question mark? Was that uh, a bargaining chip? Yeah, it was more insurance, comma, backup, question mark, I mm-hmm. think, than anything else. I think he wasn't even really 100% sure. He was just sort of desperate and trying to do anything he could to save his brother. So. Yeah. It didn't happen, and then he had to run away because she was turning into right. a thing that would destroy him. Yes. Yeah. Sad. Zlock asks, which pog was it? Was it a glitter one? Yes. Zlock asks, oh no, wait, it was a chrome... It was a... I'm was, so sorry. It was a chrome slammer pog that had a <laughs> skull that was similar but legally distinct from the Punisher logo. Thank you. I, I always mix those two up. Yeah. Zlock asks, how many of the cast and crew members of the podcast have had to have braces are other scary dental circumstances as children? I, I can answer for myself. Mm-hmm. I had braces twice. Twice? Yep, They twice. didn't do it right the first time? Well, I didn't wear my retainer. Oh. Uh, so I had braces on all of my teeth for two and a half years, something like that. And then in my 
<laughs> over one summer between junior and senior year of high school, I had braces on just my front two teeth Jeez. for about three months. Wow. <laughs> between which two years? Junior and senior. It was a summer. It's a bad time. So just three months. Okay. I didn't have to see anyone if I didn't want to. That's fantastic. But it, it is weird. I mean, imagine just, just two braces. Two. I can't Just to close it. that little gap. Mm-hmm. That's funny. I, d- I had the same problem. I never went back, though. I just screwed it up. And then I was like, well, that's good. Never with a retainer. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Yeah. I had braces for most of high school. And my godfather's dentist. So maybe that has something to do with it. Money, money, money. What's next? Um, Zlock asks, are there podcasts in this world? Oh. Are the McElroys Team Tooth or Team Fuzz? Or quiet pro-clown revolutionaries? That's two questions in one. Yeah, that's too many, Zlock. What are you going to say, though? Uh, no. No podcasts? Nope. There's no such thing as podcasts? Uh, no, there's, there's such thing, but There's such a thing, but yeah. They were outlawed. They and put, what about these McElroys? They've they were put down in the rebellion. Yeah. yeah, it was a shame. They were very bright young men. They're men, right? Mm, as far as I know. Okay, cool. Slock asks: Is a specific canonical character watching the VHS tapes featured in the bootlegs, or are they foliated steps just for flavor? Oh, wouldn't you like to know? He asked the question, so yeah, he would. Oh, that's a very good point. That's a very good point. <laughs> Let's Are you going to tell him? Let's just agree to disagree. <laughs> that doesn't help at all. It's someone It's someone you will meet eventually, yes. And Good you, use of Foley as well. I didn't know it oh, could be thank past you. tense in the oh. question itself. Oh. Not in the actual <laughs> thing. That sounded terrible. Man. Oh, no. Like this. You know how many times I spent on my knees <laughs> making shoe sounds for this stupid show? Are we going to put Foley into that part of the this like it for that moment. Yeah, I'll have it. Oh, that's a good point. I'll have it in the background. Right. We can cut this Add part out. Add it and post. <laughs> All right, we're going to pause and I'll go call, to one of... Go I'll to call one. Nick to get that done right away. <laughs> we're going to pause go to one of our sponsors. Thanks. The Follow the House of Sunshine has no sponsors, so consider going to our Patreon page and being our sponsor. Or if you know someone at Casper, give us a call. Thanks for listening. The whole time, but, you know. Oh, my God. Really? Mm-hmm. Did you have to call his parents? No, really sad. They were dead too. Oh, that does make it better. Welcome back. A uh, couple more questions. Thanks for listening. <clears throat> Zlock asks, "Was Brushy's cousin actually his cousin, or was he Flosso's cousin and thus Brushy's great uncle? Was he still alive and well by the time the great uh, fuzzing happened?" Are we talking about Helen Brush Johnson? I think so. Uh, he, I mean, more specific with these. Qualifying Brushy's cousin. Brushy's tons of cousins. He's got a lot of cousins, actually. Yeah. But was he actually his cousin? Is the question. Well, a number of his cousins are his cousins, and a few of them are sort of in the New England like colloquial sense of like, oh, this is your cousin from you know, my auntie. Yeah. And sometimes it's a split screen where Brushy's just wearing a wig. Absolutely, a lot of them are. But if we're specifically talking about Helen Brush Johnson, then exactly. Yeah. Um, But he is alive and well, and you will hear back from him eventually. Because I don't write this show, so I can just say that whenever I want, and the other guy has to do it. Eventually, it's a very open-ended term. Zlock asks, the creepy, culty dental kids program is obviously the core idea at the center of the podcast. Presumptuous. I don't know. God, I love this guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. I really do. Did yes. the tooth fuzz dichotomy come around early on, or was it a later idea in the planning stages? How about the clown conspiracies? That's a very good question, Jonathan. 
it all came pretty early. Well, the whole... Well, I guess we can get into, like, where the show comes from. Yeah, do that uh, real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really quickly. So, okay. <laughs> 30 seconds. You guys have... Uh, you gotta get out of your car now, or go, mm, you know, do something. Yeah, yeah you can... Attend to some errands. Check back in in, like, two minutes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, while the Earth was cooling, life was still a long ways away. Uh, Jonathan, fast, and, Jonathan uh, and I know fast forward 2,000 years. Just 5,000 right. years, I'm sorry. 5,000, 2,000 years... <laughs> Um, we got 10,000, so we're using the creationist uh, yeah, well, thousand years. So uh, Jonathan and after I know the great each other. <laughs> Jonathan and I know each other through a guy named Stephen Stout, who started a, a show called Serials, and he they would invite in like five writers a week to do like a serialized show, and, and Jonathan was in the first group of them, uh, and he put a show in there that was the basis for this. Mm-hmm. I saw it. It made it to like week two. If you've watched like Channel 101 ever on the internet, it's like that, and then it got canceled. And then years later, we worked on something else, and we ended up working on this. So I think you had the children's show, the fuzz, I had and originally, the tooth. Well, they they were all there originally. Well, they pitched me. They basically were uh, a group of actors who were put together as one of the teams because there was five teams, each of them doing their little playlets. Mm-hmm. And they said basically like death at a children's show or something was like their very vague pitch to me. And I oh, sort wow. of said like, well, what if it's a cult? And what if it's sort of tied in with, like, underground things? And then, independently of that, I wrote a couple little scenes for a show called Ephemerama that I did with Dan Moyer about this tooth-obsessed town called New Molar. <laughs> and so I kind of mixed those together and a couple other ideas, and it's kind of yeah, threw together, everything together. Teeth, teeth, teeth together, teeth apart. Oh, that's came in the name of an episode. Yeah, came in the name of an episode, yeah. And that was about uh, New Molar. <laughs> Though it also involved Pac-Man, and so it wasn't really... Well, I think people are getting back in their cars now. They've just finished right. their shopping. <laughs> and so after the Great Flood, we learned... Turns out he was dead the, was whole, dead time. the whole time. So, But it was there from early on, like this whole oh, teeth versus fuzz. Bringing it back. Yes, because, I, because even in the original uh, stage thing, we did do stuff with puppets, and the idea of like... His his uh oh his mom that's yeah his Madame mom turning Sunshine. into a puppet Madame Sunshine that was in the original the right. ideas too because again with children's shows that's where puppets, it got canceled but it actually wasn't about teeth originally it was more of I think a sunshine cult that's why it was called sunshine it, it's kind of amazing that we decided to base such a big project around something that got canceled in another way in the like, second people in the second said, episode people said yeah no no more of this and we said why not do a f- podcast well to be fair I was up against the five year old so that's true that guy was great <laughs> Zlock asks. Was the clown conspiracy metaphor stuff conceived before or after the U.S. election? And how responsible was the political climate for this subplot? It was all written before, but the last song written for the show was Clown Panic. And it was written in December, and we'll leave it at that. Zlock asks, did the writers have to do any research into evangelical religions and cults, or was it more based on personal experience? I didn't do any research. What about you, buddy? Uh, I don't, I didn't really do any research, but I mean, I had listened and read books about cults. I've never been in one that I know of, but <laughs> I, you know, it's always sort of an interest in what kind of, yeah, well, you know, Gallatin, I did go, <laughs> that's kind of a cult, but I did, oh, I did take a course in Gallatin called like Apocalypse Myth and the End of the World, which talked a lot about cults and I'd read a couple of books and seen documentaries and. You know, I say you're the most learned person I know, like right? about anything. So I'd say you could say yes to this, probably. Oh, from personal experience, you're saying? Yeah. Just like, I just stole a lot from Tony Kushner when he talked about Mormons. You know? I love Tony <laughs> Kushner. Zlock asks, 
were all of the foreshadowing hints in the first couple episodes intentional, or were some of them retroactive call forwards? I don't oh, know the retroactive difference. Retroactive call forwards. That's a beautiful phrase. So, like, you write something and then you're like, "Oh, we could use that," or did you? Uh, a lot. I mean, a lot back. of it. We, we did. We did outline a lot ahead of time because the one thing we decided was we wanted a really kind of clear, coherent story with the mystery that's going to be solved. But I can tell you the one one of the things I did change was when uh, Matt wrote uh, Thirty Four Reasons. You mentioned the bone that's a lot, right. yeah. and because I liked that so much, then I made the bone more important to the story. And that's because of something that Matt put in that wasn't originally in there, but then was fun to come out of it. And sometimes too, when the music, because we'd written the outline of the script first, and uh, a lot of the stuff was just notes about this kind of song goes here. So sometimes when I would get the songs from Matt, that did definitely change a couple things. Um, because we like to give each other freedom to sort of explore what's interesting to us That's as well. Yeah. Very true. Uh, Zlock asks, by the time the first episode was released, how many episodes had been written and how much of the overarching plot had been finalized? Everything. Yeah, I mean, we'd recorded, by the time the first episode that we had recorded about 90% of everything, there was just a couple actors that schedule yeah. had conflicts with that we needed to pull in later. And a few... Episode 10 was done very later, Mm -hmm. and then uh, a lot of Rachel, who's our fantastic ethereal band being, a lot of her stuff was done later, and like, I'd say by end of February, all the recording was done, minus a few things that I could do on my own, musically. Yeah, it's just some like the backing music you kind of orchestrated. But like, uh, Jonathan, right, yeah, I did a lot of orchestrating and mixing through, through April. But um, I think we were still working on episode 12 on the Monday night before it was released on on Wednesday. Um, but not writing. But was, not writing. Yeah. No, no, no. And Jonathan writes so fast that, uh, yeah. It, 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 we, I literally, we talked about, we were recording season one, and then I, I said, I, we, he went home talking about season two, and then came back in the next day and was like, well, I've written it. <laughs> it's, like, it's literally in one night, so... Uh, and then you edited it from there, but it's like, you're a very quick writer, so. Yeah, it was also good because once I knew about the other seasons, we can put some hints to those actually in season one as well. So that's all kind of connected, which Absolutely. is fun. Zlock asks, why did the pirate in the tooth that knew the pearly truth stink of grease? Why did the crab stab instead of pinch? What was it stabbing with? I believe he's with a knife. I think that's mm-hmm. in the lyrics, actually. Yeah. So, well, if not, yeah, he's stabbing with a knife. If not, it is a knife. Yeah. And actually, that's if you cute. want a whole essay about the history of the song and its relationship to New Molar, you can join our Patreon and get exclusive access to that and find out why it was a crab, what the crab symbolizes, what all the other things symbolize. And He's being for, honest. He could really, you can really do this. You can really do that. And I'll tell you, it has to do with... Criminals and uh, Brothel and uh, Horace McBenamin and a lot of the history of New Molars tied into that song. All right, I'll give. I play Horace. It's true, you I do. do yep. Yeah, that was the, I think, the intention of this question. Or you play the, <laughs> or you play the character who plays Horace in the pageant. Okay, fine. Well, yeah. But Zlock, I guess that's that, true. But as an actor, you do feel you embody Horace. Zlock asks, Puppet Johnson sounds very sophisticated. How does he like to relax or... um? How did he like to relax? On a chaise lounge made of human bones. Slock asks, the podcast story is deeply, incredibly silly and ridiculous, but also has a surprising amount of depth and layers. I'm going to cry. This is beautiful. Almost Homestuckian in its intricacy. 
Why did you decide to marry deeply silly characters and circumstances with lost or Moffat levels of plot pyrotechnics? Did you ever worry that you would be putting in work and effort and secrets that no one would notice? How much faith did you have in that listeners would pay close att- enough attention to realize how deep the puppet hole goes? Before you guys answer, I would like to know, Zlock, which are the ones that you think nobody else noticed? Mm. Oh, tweet at us. Tweet yeah. at us. The pod musical. Zlock is the only one who's going to be listening to that. <laughs> well, that's one person. That's it. I'll listen. Oh, oh that's thanks, good. man. Oh, and your mom. That's right. She's been a big supporter. My mom, not a fan. Oh, no. <laughs> nope. A lot of hate mail. Yes. Uh, this is really nice, and we've been joking around, and I still want to be quick and brief here, but I, I've never found someone who I my aesthetics for what I want to hear and what I want to do in the world go deeper with than, than Jonathan. And I feel like we both feel like comedy and silliness doesn't mean uh, that something you have to be totally irreverent and um, it doesn't have any sort of basis or something like that. It can be a nice tool to sort of take a look at the world. And I, I don't think that's a unique way of looking at it. Yeah. I think a lot of it comes out of the kind of things I like and just want to see and want to put in and, and I think it's fun to put in these little sort of tiny things that are fun and you see when people get them or if they don't and it doesn't matter. But it's just, you know, fun to create something and to work with, with Matt who I always enjoy working with and create something for a wider audience because before this we really just made stuff for the stage which is very temporal and very brief and once it's gone, it's gone. And with this, it's longer. I think John always enjoys making sure that everything is uh, written with such precision that even if... Like, let's say half the audience gets some and half the audience gets the other, but each individual thing that he's writing is for somebody. And it's it's going to pay off if somebody notices yeah. it. And I, I think the precision that w- with which you write always pays off because I think there is a depth to the words that you use. I would agree. And I, I think the first thing I thought about when we were starting to work, work on this was that we were taking a look at a lot of other podcasts and storytelling stuff that's done episodically. And it can't be something that just uh, kind of goes off into nothing and we just sort of riff on it every week. It has to be something that makes sense. And it was if we're going to do a mystery, it has to all relate to itself. And I, I was, I sort of hadn't seen you work in that way before. And so I remember like getting like a four to eight page long 12 episode arc from you in outline form like a week later that was like everything was laid out you know i already know how silly you were but then i saw how like deep the the depth of like the the work that was going into it um i gotta say good night to my daughter and we're gonna take one more break um She's going to go brush her teeth. Bye. The Follow the House of Sunshine was brought to you by listeners like you. Visit us at our Patreon page at patreon.com slash... Just search podmusical at patreon.com. We're not sure what the URL is. You don't know that? That's bad. Well, if you know what it is, tell me. (laughs) I don't know. Oh, God. Turns out he was alive the whole time. And his parents? Oh, totally alive. Very alive. And friendly. Um, okay, we don't have much time left. We've been taking up a lot of your time. Um, we're going to do a lightning round to finish up all these questions that so many different people have been sending to us. And just one more time, we're very thankful that you've been listening. Um, and if you're trapped in a room somewhere and this just came up on Pandora, um, I'm so sorry. Zlock asks, why did you decide to put New Molar in Indiana? Because that's where it is. Zlock asks, did the lady Sasquatch have any guilt over murdering an innocent janitor? 
Was the janitor innocent? No. no. Yes. No. <gasps> Slock asks, will there be an adults-only After Dark spinoff show called The Fall of the House of Moonlight, where we learn about the lubrication uses of puppet slime and Lady Sasquatch's big lower badge? How much do you hate me for making you read that sentence with your eyeballs? Well, I actually hadn't read it with my eyeballs, and now I read it with my mouth. Slock asks, where are... <laughs> feel awful. Thanks, Zlock. <laughs> Zlock asks, Gross. where... And the answer is no. Zlock asks, were all the puppets on the Sunshine Hour former orphans? Was Bluntbird? Yes. Yes. I also played Bluntbird. Yeah, you don't you have to did. tell everybody. It's on your IMDb. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Yeah. I put... I, I, IMDb. <laughs> I edited I, that. Yeah, I put it in the comment section of Jake Gyllenhaal's page. <laughs> Just kidding. They got rid of their comments. Zlock asks, how many... I did. How much of the Foley work was original and how much was from sound libraries? I'd say <laughs> I couldn't give you an exact percentage, but if I was going to talk about how many times I was on my knees slamming shoots into the ground, I'd say 120% was Foley work <laughs> and maybe 10% was from sound libraries. And even if we took stuff from sound libraries, we manipulated that and changed it around. That's a lot. Nick also really helped shape yeah, so Nick many Nick Yeah, Yeah, and if, yeah. You, if you heard some of your sounds on the show, give us a call and we'll put your name on the website. Uh, they are legally distinct. Zlock asks, why did the announcer stop saying heavens before what is to be done? Uh, well, he converted to a techno-religion that doesn't believe in a uh, higher power like a heaven. They believe instead in a digital microchip where you live forever within the gigabyte verse. And we respect that. Zlock asks, does Clowny Brown have a co-worker named Death? I don't know what that means. I'm, I mean, yeah. he could. <laughs> Find out on Brushdown Stories <laughs> when I try to figure out what this question means. Find out later. He just wrote the first Brushdown Story. Zlock, please, uh, I'd like to hear more about that. Tweet us. Zlock asks, when does the podcast take place? Zlock asks, did Brushy know who gave birth to him? Yes. He did? Hmm? I did? Wait, you gave birth to him? No. I played Brushy. Play Zlock what? asks, how do the, the cast record their lines? Do they share studio Poorly. space <laughs> when doing a scene together, or is it all done separately? We really wanted to do the majority of it together, and so uh, Nick DiMichele, again, our, our really wonderful producer... Um, got like a good setup in his basement that we did like three voices at a time maximum. But sometimes we had to do one separately. I think um, Everett, who plays Clowny Brown, did all his stuff separately. But 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 mostly all together. Zlock asks, wait, do cranes have teeth? Duh. Zlock asks, will we learn of Horace's third artifact in season two? <laughs> Zlock asks, how many gingivitis germs were harmed in the production of this podcast? None. We saved them all. They're in a box. Zlock mm -hmm. asks, lastly, <gasps> lastly, how long until an album of the songs from the first season will be available for purchase? You know, considering how much money this costs to make, we probably should have put this question first so we could have told people. Yes, because people have stopped listening oh, long ago. I can't wait to find out how many people stop listening by now. Uh, mm -hmm. It's coming out very, very soon. We're very, very lucky. We have a wonderful cast of people that recorded yeah. uh, decent songs and made them better. And uh, we'll be putting it out very soon onto iTunes. And other things. Nope, just iTunes. Oh, awesome. Yeah, they have an exclusive deal. Wow. Um, thank you so, 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 so much for listening. Thank you so much uh, for being at my house, guys, Jonathan and mm -hmm. Nate. My pleasure. And um, now we're going to record... A live credit outro starring Melissa Lusk.
Calabas of Sunshine is a Roy Gold production. It was written by Jonathan Goldberg with music by Matt Roy Berger. Find out more about the show and cast at podmusical.com. Hey, did you know if you put two eels together, you can make an eel sandwich? <laughs> Thanks for listening, and that was fabulous by Cusman of Again here. Just asked what's inside the eel sandwich, and Mel said, I don't know, man, electricity. <laughs> to close the door. Thanks for listening. Have a centabulous bicuspid of a day. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.